Good morning. Great day to be together and to uh, worship God. We come together on a on a very special on the first Sunday of this month, the first Sunday of the uh, Lenten season, as we as we share together in, in Lent. Um, we've come together to have one worship service today for uh, New Horizon, both in person and our live streaming. We're glad that you're joining us in whatever format you're joining us, but we're having this one time to come together to uh, to share together of what it is to be community and to uh, to start to uh, form again that sense of community and who we are as the body of Christ as we share together as a church. So we will be sharing together in Holy Communion um, a little later in our, in our worship time. And so if you're engaging with us uh, via the technology on Facebook or YouTube, I encourage you to uh, gather some communion elements, uh, some uh, bread, um, a drink, a cup that you have there with you. And so as we come to that communion time, you can share with us because those elements will be blessed and they will be uh, a gift for, for all of us to share in this uh, wonderful holy time together. But let us uh, come and uh, enter into uh, worship. I'm going to invite you all, everyone is here to stand if they would, and join with me in our call to worship. On these days of Lenten journey, while we gather here for worship, as we sing, pray, and listen, and may this time of worship Now let us sing with joy and vigor. Amen and amen. Let's sing. The scripture says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with and into his courts with. So he said, Praise him on the loud sounding symbols. Would you do that for me? Praise him on the string instrument. Place him on the string instrument, Mr. Carl. So we lift our hands in the sanctuary this morning and we give praise to God, who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. We praise you this morning. We clap our hands to give you the glory. 
Most gracious God, we know that you are present and you are here among us and we, we feel it, we sense the movement of your spirit. We, in our song, we have invited you into this presence and you have invited us into your holy place. And so, Lord, let this time, this moment, this place be glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, uh, part of what we want to do when we gather together in this, this time when we have one service is to really celebrate the life of the church. And we are, give ourselves into the community of the church and life of the church through what we call our, our pegs, where we pray, engage, give, and serve, and all the opportunities that we have to to do that and share that together, because when we come to be a part of the church, we make that covenant commitment. We confess that we're going to pray and engage and give and serve in a way that builds up the community of faith. So today we're going to celebrate that a little bit. And um, so one of the first things we're going to do to to celebrate that is share about uh, an organization that we have been praying with, deeply engaged with, with our golf tournament. Um, How many of you all know that we do a golf tournament for the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, you better know, I better see some hands up, I think there's a table out there and volunteer coordinators are ready to take your names uh, if you're helping out with that. But um, uh, we pray and we gauge and we give and we serve and give of ourselves to support the Florida United Methodist Children's Home. And Elizabeth Gad, who is with the Florida United Methodist Children's Home, is, you're going to talk right here, this will pick you up. (laughs) They promised me that, right guys? This will pick her up. There you go. She is part of the development team, go ahead of the Florida United Methodist Children's Home uh, being on the board. I am on the board. I've gotten a chance over the last five, six years to uh, work with Elizabeth, and it's been a great blessing to share with her, and she has some, some to share with us today. Well, thank you. Thank you all for having me back again this year. It is such an honor and a privilege to be with you and be able to see so many smiling faces again. <laughs> and hello to those who are joining us online. Well, we are just so honored that you all continuously pour into the life of the children's home each and every day throughout the year. And of course, as Rafe mentioned, one of the main ways that you do that from a financial perspective is through the upcoming golf tournament. So thank you all. I'm going to miss it this year, but thank you all for those of you who are preparing and that you're going to serve on that day. We greatly appreciate it. But this is a time when I have the honor to come and say thank you. Thank you for pouring into our children and our families. And I'm going to do that because you all are one of our top 20 giving churches again for 2021. Give yourselves a round of applause. And I just want to publicly say thank you to Rafe. He really spends a lot of time investing in the life of the children's home. We greatly appreciate what you do. Um, He has great leadership skills, as you all know, and we are appreciative that he's willing to impart those in the life of our ministry. So at this time, I would like to go ahead and present this certificate. In recognition and appreciation, this certificate is presented to New Horizons United Methodist Church in sincere appreciation for being a top 20 giving church for 2021. Would you like to know how much you gave? (laughs) Glad you're sitting down. $64,084. $64,084. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Thank you. So I'm going to, your pastor has afforded me a moment just to tell you, where does that money go? Where is the impact of all of those dollars and cents that you all so generously gave? Well, as you know, one of the main purposes of the golf tournament is to support our foster care programs in South Florida, in Palm Beach County and Broward County. 
So I just want to share with you a couple stories about how that's making an impact. You know, we have one family that's been serving with us for two years now. They have served a total of 10 children. They have poured into those children. They make sure that they have their medical needs taken care of, their mental health. And what's really special about this one particular family is they really make a concerted effort to partner with the biological parents in this regard. You know, sometimes we stumble and fall, don't we? We all do. And when these parents have stumbled and fallen down, our foster parents come along beside them and they help them get back up so that they can then take their children back because that's what we want, isn't it? And so that's what these foster parents are so great at. And they're making sure that these children have the opportunity to go play basketball or go participate in ballet or whatever it is because we want to afford them the opportunity for normalcy. We want them to have the same opportunities that each and every child has, that our children are afforded. And then there's another family. It's actually a single woman, and she was taking care of two teenage boys. And she realized that these boys were not able, they were Hispanic, and they weren't able to speak English very well. So she got them a program so that they could learn English. She also took it a step farther. She went and found a Hispanic church where they could hear the word of God and learn more about Christ in their native language. That's taking that extra step. She also has a passion for making sure that these boys understand life skills financial literacy, cooking and cleaning and all of that. And she was so taken by these two teenage boys that she had taken in last year that she actually found a bigger home so that she could care for more teenage boys. So she's opened her heart and her home up to even more children. Isn't that amazing? That is what you are affording us to do on that micro level down on the ground enabling these people to make a difference in the lives of these children who have had to be removed from their homes one reason or another throughout the year. So you also make an impact on our campuses. There was one boy that had been with us for two and a half years. He came to us as a nine-year-old and he was on our Enterprise campus, went through our trauma treatment program, and then went up to our Madison Youth Ranch. And they realized that his caseworker really didn't have a plan for him, a plan for permanency. And that's what we want to do. We want to be the last punch on the train ticket, so to speak, not a punch along the way. And so our team began to advocate, this child deserves a home of his own, a permanent home. And so what we didn't realize in the process of all of this is this boy over that two-year period of time had kept a list of every child who had gone to permanency. He had concluded that no one wanted him. Well, you know what? I'm here to tell you that as of February 11th, he is right here in Broward County living with his new adoptive family. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> Praise be to God for that. But we are still here to care for other children in need. We had a young girl who was all set and ready to go home recently. And right before she got ready to go home, her mom had to undergo a drug test. And unfortunately, she failed that drug test. And so can you imagine the hurt and disappointment that that young girl experienced as a result of that? But our team rallied around her. And they reassured her, you know what? God still loves you. God is still here. And we are still here for you. Friends, you are providing 
a safe, loving, and caring environment for her now, still today. And we continue to do that for all the other children in our residential care, as well as the children and families that we are supporting throughout the month. We care for nearly 400 children and families each and every week through all our programs across our organization. Thank you so very much. God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Okay, so after hearing those stories, the golf tournament sounds easy, doesn't it? <laughs> Doing a golf tournament sounds easy, or would you rather have a household of teenage boys? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so um, help us with the golf tournament. We're, uh, we've shifted the day this year. It's going to be on a Friday instead of a Saturday, so we need more and new volunteers to help and help make that happen. And so we encourage you to do that. I see the volunteer coordinator nodding at me all the time. Uh, Arida, raise your hand. So if you want to volunteer, if you want to help out during that day, you talk to Arida right there. I think there's information in our entry area about the golf tournament. Donation sponsorships are a big part of that. So uh, that will certainly be happy to talk to you about uh, those opportunities too. Our golf tournament is coming up on the last uh, Friday of April. It's at the very end of April. So that's what we're, uh, we're aiming towards as we share in that. Now, we've got uh, more celebrations today. You know, if we go through celebration after celebration and Rafe doesn't have a time to babble on, then that's fine because that's the life of the church. And I'm going to invite a, a friend of, of mine and my family, Mr. Don Lape, to come join me up here. Don Lape is going to uh, come and officially join as a member of New Horizon today. We're going to share in the membership ceremony. Um, and uh, Don comes to us as a transfer of his membership. And we share a little bit of a relationship here, don't we? Yeah. Our families' lives have crossed in other Methodist churches down in Dade County. Uh, particularly, we, we both, my home church, one of Don Lape's uh, past churches, is uh, Olympia Heights United Methodist down in Miami. So our families have crossed. Um, so don't tell him any stories because he knows my parents. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we're. I knew Pastor Ezekiel when he was a boy. Yeah, don't tell any stories, Don. Don't tell any stories. You can talk about my brothers all you want. <laughs> you, you can talk about my brothers all you want, but uh, don't tell any stories about me. And so, as you come to join, I'm going to ask you: um, Do you renounce all and put away behind you all of those evil and broken things that create sin in this world? Just say yeah, or I do, or. Okay. Do you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Absolutely. Do you confess Jesus Christ yes, with your word in your life? Absolutely. All right. And do you come to be a part of this church? My pleasure. Absolutely. And now I'm going to turn to you, church. Do you, as the body of Christ, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? You. Okay. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include Don now before you in your care? With God's help, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround you with a community of love and forgiveness that you may grow in your trust of God and be a true disciple who walk in the way that leads to life. And uh, before we get to that, I'm going to ask a couple of uh, questions. Just leave that up. That's fine. Um, and now, as a member of the Universal Church, do you, um, will you do all in your power to strengthen the ministries of the church? 
Okay, that means being engaged. Right, like we all do, we all are engaged, okay? Uh, and as a member of this congregation, will you faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayer, your engagement, your gifts, and your service? Okay. And now it's our joy to welcome our new brother in Christ. Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I commend this person to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase his faith, confirm his hope, and perfect him in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. As members together with you in this body of Christ, and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church, we renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Thank you, Mr. Don. God bless. God bless you, sir. It's amazing how our lives cross in so many different ways. Um, and uh, it's just interesting here at, uh, at New Horizon um, because I know there's a few folks that have said, oh, our paths crossed at Fulford United Methodist Church down in North Miami, and there's a handful of us that our paths crossed at Olympia Heights, you know, down in, uh, in South Miami, and, and others have said, oh, our paths have crossed at uh, all these other church here and these other church here all in South Florida, but somehow God has brought us together to be community here and to celebrate this, and what a great celebration. But you know what? Our celebrations aren't over. <laughs> Our celebration, I guess some of you may have noticed coming in that there was cake, <laughs> and there was uh, desserts out there, and uh, that's to celebrate the 70th <laughs> wedding anniversary, 70th wedding anniversary of, of Ed and Claudia Glover. Claudia's in our choir. Now go ahead and stand, Claudia. And, and Ed's here, too. Ed's here, too. All right. Now, I want everybody to, to reach a hand toward them, just to reach a hand toward them. Lord, we thank you for the example that they are to us of the covenant commitment of love and the power of love. And, Lord, may that be a proclamation that we hear in our hearts today. And we pray your spirit to put a blessing on Claudia and Ed this day and on their families and on the, their families' families and the children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and all that have, that have come because of their love that they have shared. Lord, may that love bless us, and may your spirit continue to bless them each day. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. I know what you're going to say. Rafe, have you got something else to celebrate? Well, we, we've got worship and the word of God to celebrate and communion to celebrate, and Pastor Lisa's going to lead us in prayer. Good morning. If you'll bow your heads with me. Lord, we gather together to worship you this morning. And as we enter into the stillness of prayer and gaze at the days of Lent stretching before us, leading us to the glory and hope and promise of new life on Easter Sunday, as the days stretch toward Easter, let us give of our time 
to those in need of an encouraging visit or to a child in need of engaging play. And then, O oh God, stretch us to give more as we listen to one whose grief wears heavy. Let us give of our talents during this time of Lent and volunteer to serve where our talent meets a need in our church or in our community. And then, O oh God, stretch us to share our talent with a young person who wants to learn. Let us give the gift of our gifts as we walk through Lent, acknowledging our abilities honestly and sharing them with those who need what we have to offer. And then, O oh God, stretch us to be silent and still and discover new gifts and new ways of sharing. Open our eyes to the needs of those who live near to us and those who live across the seas. Then open our hearts to feel the pain of need and then stretch us. Let us open our wallets to ease the discomfort of poverty of life or of spirit. And then, oh God, stretch us to give more. Stretch us until we feel the twinge of pain which allows us to fully feel the joy of giving. Such are the tasks of Lent, stretched out on our own cross so that we might know the joy of new life that Easter promises. So let us live and so let us give through Christ our Lord, who taught us to pray saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
that good because <laughs> now all I can do is say amen let's go home let's have cake you know what word can I share that's going to be more than uh, than that well well so let's just let God do it okay let's just let's just let God and so you know uh, God did a wonderful thing in this man's Paul's life and uh, Paul was dreaming about one day being in Rome, and he would eventually end up in Rome, but he wrote to the church at Rome to encourage the community of faith that was growing there, and it's come to us as the, the book of Romans, and it teaches, and it's a letter written to us about how we live out this faith in this new creation that we are, this new creation that God has done, and what that means, and, and, and how that impacts our lives, and, and what we do with that, and how we believe that God has done something great, but also how we act on, or as we hear in this scripture, how we confess. Confess with our, our hearts and our words and our actions and all that we are that Jesus Christ is Lord. Um, and so it says this, the word is near you. The word is near you. The word's coming close. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the message of faith that we preach, that the word of God is in your mouth and in your heart. Because if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and in your heart you have a faith that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Trusting with the heart leads to righteousness. And confessing with the mouth leads to salvation. The scripture says, all who have faith, won't be put to shame. There is no distinction between Jew and Greek because the same Lord is Lord of all who gives richly to all who call on him. All who call on him, all who call on the Lord's name will be saved. Amen and amen. Oh Lord, we're going to call on you today to meet us here to somehow straighten us out where we're crooked and broken, make us right, that we might feel and know and live into what it is to be rescued, to be saved. Amen and amen. So um, when, uh, when Amy and I were first married, and a disclaimer, I, I told Amy that I was telling a story about her, but I think I'm really telling on myself in this. But when Amy and I were first married, Amy was studying to become a nurse. She was studying to be, be an RN. In fact, while we were dating, I encouraged her uh, because I knew that she had the talent. I knew she had the ability. I encouraged her to go ahead and start, and, uh, and she got started on some of those prerequisite things, you know, those collegiate courses that, that had to be uh, taken that she hadn't already taken previously. And so she was doing those, and you know how smart Amy is. She made straight A's. And uh, so she began, we got married, and she started into the RN program and doing the RN program and continued to make straight A's. 
I like to tell people that Amy is very, very, very smart. My wife is very, very, very smart. Look who she chose, right? <laughs> so, so she is a very intelligent person. Um, but she continued to make straight A's. I mean, no matter what the class was, no matter what the subject was, no matter what it was, everything in science and in, med and in medicine and in, in the nursing and all of that, she studied, she did the work, she was always the top of her class. She is so much smarter than I am. I could never have done that. And she did all of this in the first year of us being married. She was doing this in the first year of us being married. In the first year we were married, she had to put up with me. Um, and then she got pregnant and she had a baby. Oh, well, she's going to nursing school. And actually, most of that time, she was still working at a doctor's office also. And so she was doing all that and making straight A's. And making straight A's. And so she's making straight A's. She's doing this great work. And, uh, and uh, she's, she's studying, always top of the class, always pushing forward. And then the RN work came to another level where it started doing about the practicum and the practicing of nursing and practicing the procedures. And there were these... Um, experiments that she had to do and places that she was in to, uh, to, to work with that and, uh, and people that she had to engage with and uh, all of a sudden there were like tubes and needles and things like that coming home that she was practicing and, and working with and doing all of that and then she said, can I practice giving you a shot? <laughs> She's making straight A's. She's the best. I've been encouraging her, but give me a shot? Did that have to happen? Here, honey, here's an orange. You know, put that shot in an orange. You know, put it, put it in there. She's the absolute best. I encouraged her to become an RN. I, I wanted her to do it. I was helping as best as I could, you know, taking care of kids at home and, and cooking dinner. We, you know, we were a family of five pretty quickly there. Um, and... Uh, and I was doing all that, and she was excelling in her work. I believe that Amy was absolutely the best nurse and the best student as a nurse possible. But give me a shot. Not because I needed a medicine, just so she could practice poking something. Do I believe in the core of my being and my heart that she's the best? with just the words and encouragement? Or do I confess it with what I, and connect up with what I say and what I do? The word is near you. It's in you. You believe and you confess. You confess it. So we planned a mission trip shortly after Amy and I had been married like a year, year and a half. We were going to Honduras, and it was a medical trip, and we all needed our vaccinations. And one of our meetings, the doctors came in with all kinds of medication that we had to get our shot. And guess who gave me my shot? <laughs> and all that I needed. You know, you... Believing in... And having that trust is so much more than just words, isn't it? It is so much more than, than just the words. Yes, we, we trust and we believe. That's, what Christian, that's part of what Christian faith is. And we trust and we believe it at our very core, down deep in our hearts. That word has been put in our hearts. 
this is what God has done and what God is doing, and we believe it, we trust it, we cling to it, and then we confess. We confess. We take that action that goes along with our words. The word is near you, Paul says to the church. The word is near you. In fact, it's not even near you. That word is in you. That word is in your heart. It's in your throat and comes out with whatever you speak. That word is in you at the very core of who you are, driving you for what comes next and what you will be doing. That word is near you. And for the Hebrew people hearing this, that word was the law. And the law was the word, and the word was the law, and that's how God was present, and that's how God is real, is in that law. And obedience to that law was living out that faith that God had given this law, that God had given salvation, that God had given hope through this law. And you followed the law, and so you not only trusted in that law, but you were obedient to it with all of your actions, with all of you did. You obeyed that law. Trust and obey. Where there's no other way, right? And, and that's what the law was. But now, Paul's saying, that word that you used to think about as law, that word is near you. That word is in you. What do we hear in the scripture? And the word that used to be law, that word, it became flesh. It became flesh and it lived among us. That word became flesh. That word became Jesus Christ. That word became the very presence of God here on earth in, in human form, in human being. The word and the flesh are one together. We call that incarnation. Jesus Christ is that incarnation. And that's one of the things that we say we believe. We believe that incarnation, that word became flesh, and it lives among us, that word that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus was obedient to God and humbled himself in sacrificial service for others to the point of death, that Jesus fulfilled the law, was obedient to the point of death, gave his life for us to have life, and was raised from the dead that we might have a resurrection from, from the death into life. And that offers us all these big theological words that you hear people talk about, about sanctification and justification and righteousness and blah, 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 blah. It just means God came in human form and fixed us, you know, and fixed us correctly and gave us this opportunity to be right. And so, yeah, we trust. We trust. But at our core and our heart, it drives us for so much more. We can't just think about what God has done and say, oh, that's good stuff. Yes, there's a mental assent to faith and believing, to accepting, but there is so much more. Spirituality is not just thinking about it. It's not just accepting a religious philosophy. It's not just this mental agreement. Oh, yeah, I, I like that moral and ethical way, and yeah, I'll agree with that but it's also about confessing. Confessing with words and with, with actions. So in ancient Rome, in ancient Rome, shortly after the time of Paul, there probably, in ancient Rome, there are two travelers walking along the road. And they walking and they kind of, strangers that kind of just happen to be at the same place at the same time and they start talking and chatting along as they go. 
making some obscure references about religion, but mostly just talking about the weather and the scenery and where they're going and, you know, what business they're in and that sort of thing. Because, you see, if you're going to be a Christian at that time, it was a criminal offense, and that criminal offense was punishable by death. Because, you see, to claim Jesus as Lord meant that you were not claiming Caesar as Lord. Okay? And so that meant you were, could be killed because you were wrong. So these gentlemen are walking along, and they finally take a stop to rest, and they sit down, and they start discussing some things more, well, you know, the price of bread and uh, what the Roman Senate is doing and, and things that are happening. And while they're talking, one of the gentlemen is, has his walking stick, and he's just kind of bumping it in the sand. And then at some point, he takes and he draws kind of like a half an oval in the sand. He just kind of draws that little half an oval, just a line. And the other gentleman he's talking to just sees that half an oval and turns and looks at him and looks back and they continue talking. And now the second gentleman takes his stick and where the first half an oval started, he puts his stick down and he draws the opposite of that half an oval. And then on the other side, the two lines cross and intersect. And there you have what looks like a little cartoon fish. It's punishable by death to proclaim that you're a fisher of men, that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, that Jesus is Lord. But one turns to the other and says, He is risen. And the other responds, He is risen indeed. Punishable by death to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of your life, and yet they do it. In modern-day Rome, you're at the airport. People are pushing through the luggage area and trying to get things uh, checked in or out or whatever, and uh, there's a gentleman getting his stuff, and he's got on a, a nice $50 polo, and it looks nice, and it looks clean, and it's got that little emblem of a fish on it. You know? There's another guy pushing through the crowd, and he's wearing his hat, and it says WWJD. You know, what would Jesus do? And one looks at the other and says, nice hat, nice shirt. And we feel like we have proclaimed our faith. Oh, it is so much more. It is so much more to confess what it is to be Jesus Christ. To be a follower of Jesus Christ, to believe in Jesus Christ, to trust in Jesus Christ, to confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord. And when I say that word confess, I know you're probably thinking of one of two things. We have confession, where we think of that as a, like a prayer of confession, where we put out all of our, our brokenness, all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of the things that we know we have done wrong, or all the things that we know that we should have done because God wanted us to do it, but we didn't do it, you know, because we weren't bold enough or courageous enough, and so we lay those confessions before God. That's one confession. But another confession we have is we have our confessions of faith, those public proclamations that say, hey, we're a follower. We did that when we had the uh, new member join. Don, thank you for preaching to us today. You know, uh, preaching is, you know, when we say, I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I confess that I'm going to put away, you know, the evil things, our rejection of sin, as we said, and we responded. You notice there was a lot of responses of the, of the congregation in that because we as a church are reaffirming and confessing our faith as we do that. 
And so the confession is about this word that we're going to publicly say so that when we go out we, in the, into the world, we emulate that. Not that we just put the fish on our car and then honk at everybody while we're driving, right? But we emulate what we confess because we publicly put it out there that Jesus Christ is my Lord. And that's what a confession of faith was all about. And if you've been a part of the church for a while, you've probably heard a confession of faith. And you've, you've shared in it. As a matter of fact, that's how I'm going to finish up this message. Let's, let's share in a confession of faith. Do we have it on, on the screens? Is, do we have the? There we go, Apostle's Creed. You know, you can't do this sitting down, folks. You can't do this sitting down. You're going to stand up for Jesus? You're going to stand up for Jesus? So here we go. Let's join our voices together and confess, right? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And amen. Thank you. You may be seated. But now I'm going to ask something even maybe a little more dangerous. I'm going to ask you to confess. Let's take some quiet moments as we bow our hearts, bow our heads, and in silence, confess our brokenness, our shame, our guilt, yes, our, our sin, our sin of what we've done that was against God's will and our sin of omission and what we've not done because we just didn't have the courage or weren't bold enough. Let us take the, that brokenness, that sin and that shame and, and, and see God, Jesus Christ, standing before us with a basket and we get to lay it in that basket and he carries it away. So let's take some quiet moments of confessing to our God. Lord, hear our prayer, and may we sense your forgiving presence. Amen. Amen. Both the confession of our faith and the confession before God are declarations. They're declarations that Jesus is Lord. When we say it out loud and we do the actions, we're saying, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is the Lord of all. When we're willing to give the, the hurt and the shame and the brokenness of our life over to God, it is a declaration saying, God, you are Lord in Jesus Christ. 
And when we come to the table of Holy Communion, it is a declaration. There's a reason why confession of our sins is part of the, the service of Holy Communion, part of the worship gathering, because we, we empty ourselves and we come declaring that this is the body, that this is the blood that forgives our sins and gives us strength to rise up and go and declare with the confession of our very lives that Jesus Christ is Lord. So as we come together today and we gather and rally around the table, we are declaring that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen? Amen. So we uh, come now to a time of Holy Communion. And I'm going to invite you to follow the service as uh, in the responses on the screen. Folks, there is a reason why I've given you all so many things to say today. Because we're confessing, right? The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters and saved Noah and his family and made covenant with every living creature on earth. You led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights. You gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And on your holy mountain, he heard your still, small voice. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ, when you gave him to save us from our sin. You, Spirit, led him into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, and exalted him to your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. And now, when we, your people, prepare for the yearly, yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for our sin and the cleansing of our hearts during these 40 days of Lent. May we be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Jesus Christ. The covenant sealed in holy communion that we share, recognizing that on the night that he gave himself up for us, Jesus took the bread, he broke it, 
He gave thanks to you and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant. Pour it out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and the blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. As we come and share in communion, everybody is welcome. All are welcome to, uh, to come and receive and, and share in the gift. As you come, there are different options and ways that you can receive Holy Communion. It has been a practice in this congregation to share via the method of intinction. And uh, I think uh, Pastor Peyton and Pastor Lisa will be on different sides of the, of the congregation offering that option of intinction if you come and choose to come and receive in that way. There will also be a station over here um, right by the music team and banners where you can kneel and receive individual pre-cut and pre-poured elements that are offered to you as you come and kneel in prayer. And the altar here in front of, uh, right here in front, is open for any who want to uh, come and receive individual elements. These have been uh, pre-done and are blessed and part of our communion. They have uh, the, the bread element on the top of the cup and then the juice also. So you can come and kneel and serve yourself here as you like, as God leads you. But know that this is the Lord's table. There are many ways to receive. I invite you to come and be led by God's Spirit to receive this gift of God. Amen and amen. If it is difficult for you to come forward, I will be happy to serve you the individual elements where you sit.
YouTube, I encourage you now to take the uh, bread and eat and remember him. Take the cup and lift and drink and remember Christ. Feed on him in your heart and be thankful. Amen. grateful for this your gift towards us we are so grateful that the word has become flesh and come near to us that the word is is in the body and the blood that we share in this and it is so near to us it is in our core it is at our very hearts it is who we are and lord we pray that your spirit would guide us in our faith as we believe and as we confess with all that we are, all that we say and all that we do, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen, amen. and amen. Let's stand together as we sing. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
So go now with the blessing and the assurance that Jesus Christ is Lord. And go now to confess, to confess with your actions, confess with your giving, you know, online, in the plates, however you do it, you know. Confess with the commitment of your heart and your life and your actions, but confess that Jesus Christ is Lord in all that you are. Amen. Amen. Amen.